Today, other than the great day we celebrate George's birthday, it is the day traditionally we celebrate baptism in the church. Jesus was baptised, not as a baby, but as an adult, as a sign that he was about to begin his work for God. Now we need to recognise right from the start that Jesus didn't need to be baptised. Well, in fact, none of us need to be baptised. There is nothing magical about it. There was a time when people thought you needed to be baptised or you couldn't be a Christian and therefore, of course, if you died, you went to hell. There may be some, some people that still think like that, but that isn't why people get baptised. We become Christians by putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, by making him our Lord. And then he gives us new life. Baptism is merely a sign that that new life has begun. We baptise children on our understanding that we're bringing them into a community of God's people. That's why we encourage people not just to have their children baptised, but to get them involved in their local church so they grow up trusting in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. But let's get back to Jesus and his baptism. The symbolism of baptism is, is of both washing and of new birth. It carries the idea that the old sinful nature is being washed clean, ready for a new start in serving God faithfully for the rest of our lives. But it also signifies death and rebirth. As the baptism service reminds us, the people of Israel passed through the Red Sea as a sign that they were being reborn as the people of God, freed from the slavery and to serve God in a new land. It reminds us that Jesus died and rose and brings new life. So there's both the idea of removal of sin and of the old sinful life being replaced with a new life for God. Now, the problem with both those ideas, as far as Jesus is concerned, is that he didn't need to do it for either of those reasons. So why did he do it? Well, because there is a sense in which he did need to do it. But first I want to look at why Jesus didn't need to be baptised. John was in no doubt about why he, why he shouldn't, shouldn't, be, shouldn't happen. I mean, look at verse 14. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptised by you, and do you come to me? John understood Jesus' importance in the scheme of things. He'd said a few verses earlier that Jesus was the promised Messiah whose sandals John wasn't even worthy to carry. But it wasn't just that. More importantly, baptism signifies being washed clean from our sins. And Jesus never actually sinned. The reason John was baptising people was to purify them before the Messiah came. 
so they'd be ready. Up to this point, John's message had been one of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He'd been warning people to flee from the wrath of God's Messiah, God's appointed king, bursting on the scene. And in the final words that we have recorded from John's lips, he tells people that he baptises them with water for repentance. But the one is coming who will baptise with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus' coming will bring the breath of life and fire of cleansing. What's more, Jesus didn't need a new start in obeying God because he'd always been obeying God. That's why as he came up out of the water, God spoke and said, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. But it still leaves us with a question, doesn't it? Leaves us with a question, why did he need to do it? Jesus says, let it be so for now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. There was a sense in which Jesus Jesus did need to be baptised. He says it fulfills all righteousness. That is, to fulfil God's law. In the Sermon on the Mount, we have these words of Jesus recorded for us. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law. All the prophets, I have not come to abolish, but to fulfil. Jesus' whole life, you see, was intended to fulfil the law and its requirements. So his baptism by John isn't a sign that he needed to repent. Rather, it is a sign that he identifies with all those who have lived under the law and that he himself submits to that law. His submitting to baptism says that John's message is right, that people do need to submit to God's law. If they'd, if they'd been ready, if they want to be ready for the coming of the king. Baptism is a means of identifying himself with Israel. Baptism was one of the rituals that was used when a person became an Israelite. It signified purification from every impurity that might hold them back from worshipping the true and living God. You may remember the story of Naaman, the Assyrian, who was told to dip himself in the river Jordan not once, but seven times if he wanted to be healed from his leprosy. In a similar way, Jesus lowers himself into the river to be identified as a true Israelite. But also... His baptism by John is a sign of his humility. One of the things you see in corporate life is the way new managers try to distance themselves from their predecessor. They don't want to be compared with them in case they suffer from comparison. So in corporate life, we tend to avoid comparison to our predecessors 
But not so Jesus. It is a sign of his humility that he comes to John. He lowers himself in the muddy waters of the River Jordan and submits to the ministry of his predecessor, of his herald. And here's the interesting thing. As he does so, he symbolically takes on himself the sins of the world. You think about it, those waters have been washing away the sins of the people. That same water now covers Jesus as he lowers himself into that water. What difference does it make for us that Jesus began his ministry with the act of being baptised? Well, I guess the first thing is to say that Jesus' submission to baptism is a commendation to us of the value of baptism for us. If he, if he who knew no sin chose to begin his public ministry with an act of baptism, we should be encouraged to see baptism as an appropriate act of initiation for all who are followers of Christ. But that's not the main issue, is it? A much more important issue for us is the fact that by this act, Jesus identifies with us. Sometimes we wonder whether God really understands what we're going through, particularly when things are tough. We wonder whether he really appreciates how hard it is to live in this broken world. But here we see Jesus identifying with us in this, in, in this practical way of submitting to John's baptism to remind us that, yes, he does understand what it's like to live in a fallen world where things don't always go right, where people hate you and maybe persecute you for your faith, where people break God's law and need to repent where people suffer through no real fault of their own. When we come to God in repentance, asking him to forgive us, we can be confident that he knows how hard it is to resist temptation. Jesus even knows how hard it is to lower ourselves, to admit our failures. Have you noticed how the hardest part of repentance is often that it requires to our revisit to us to revisit and re- and view ourselves as being beyond reproach. We build up the self-image that says that we're not to blame. If things go wrong, it is always the other person's fault. It's hard to submit ourselves to a baptism of repentance if we take it seriously we do not like to admit that we are less than perfect well Jesus knows what we're like he lived as a human being he's going down into the waters of the Jordan is a sign of human imperfection even though <coughs> excuse me even though he suffered no imperfection of his own obedience to God, if we meditate on the fact 
it might make it easier for us to face up to our own limitations, our own imperfections, as far as our own obedience to God is concerned. But finally, there is another important element in the story for us today. It appears as Jesus is coming out of the water, suddenly the heavens open to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Here, right at the outside, we see Jesus' glory manifest. Even at the moment when he has lowered himself as far as he can go, God speaks and attests to his real glory that the only begotten Son of the Father. It is as though Matthew wants to remind us right from the outset that this Jesus isn't just a good teacher, a healer. He isn't just the greatest prophet. No, he is the beloved son of God. And with God, God is well pleased. This Jesus who lowers himself into the depths of, sorry, into the depth of, us, of our failed humanity is the beloved son of the living God. His baptism unnecessary as it was in terms of his sin, nevertheless shows us the importance of submitting to God's law, God's will for us, for humankind. It encourages us that Jesus was truly human, that he understood what it means to be human. And it assures us that John's offer of forgiveness indeed came from God. Amen.